Welcome to the show that punches you in the face with information. Welcome to the Enterprise Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, owner and founder, Mark Tobri, joined by Coach Ari and Coach Cristiano. And today we are going to be getting into the transformation or the psychology of transformation. Often when you see the before and after photos of the people that we've trained here, you see the physical, but there is so much deeper that goes been literally skin deep the transformation mentally, the psychological transformation. To introduce this topic, what I'm gonna do is lay out some frameworks and then we'll get into the discussion. So the first framework I wanna lay out is the be, do, have formula. So the be, do, have formula is most people focus on the have, the goal that they wanna have. They wanna get that six pack. They wanna look like that person in the after photo and they just focus on the have. Then some people focus on the actions, the do to get the have and then other people focus on the becoming. If you focus on the becoming of the person, that will lead you to the goal. The other framework I want to quickly introduce that I've spoken about in other podcasts is the DILTS model, which is you're at the bottom, you have your results, your environment. Above that, you have your behaviors. Above that, you've got your skills and skill sets. Above that, you've got your beliefs and values. And above that, you have your identity. Now, once you become that person, things will flow down, but things that change doesn't always flow up. We're going to get more into that, but first I want to open up to these gentlemen who wants to kick us off with their thoughts about or examples of changing psychology? I know you've both had clients that their weight hasn't necessarily shifted as much on the scale, but personally and personally, they've had massive changes. Um, I'm just glad I got the long sleeve memo, to be honest. Much to know. We didn't even talk about it. No, we didn't. Just that. We're just, fully complementary as well. It's like black, white, black, like we're color coordinated. No, no, perfect symmetry. We're just made for each other. Yeah. Um, I should take this one off now. I'm like feeling self-conscious. Yeah, Mark, take it off. Yeah. All Next right. episode. Psychology of clients. Yeah, we touched on it already that the sometimes you see in your clients the psychological transformation being far more profound than than the physical. The biggest thing that I've come across in my relatively limited experience in the industry is seeing the cultural effect for a lot of people and the effect that has on their mentality towards exercise and nutrition. So essentially people being a product of their upbringing and when they walk through the door, not working to undo it, but working to educate these clients on why these themes and ideas that they've grown up with aren't the most conducive towards looking and feeling their best but also understanding that there's a massive subjective aspect to this and they've had people perhaps telling them growing up that they're too fat or they're too skinny or that they can't eat this and essentially re-educating them and working towards rewiring aspects of their mentality and I would venture to say in a lot of respects it takes a lot longer than a physical transformation for a lot of people, but it is just as if not more rewarding seeing that turnaround over a long period of time. You remind me about the story with the elephant. You probably guys know it, but it's like when a baby elephant, it's stopped by the peg, the nail in the ground, the stump in the ground and the chain. And when the baby's, the baby elephant's little, it, it really thinks it can't, pull, it really can't pull off the stump. But the problem is the elephant gets bigger and it's still stumped by that same stump and chain, which obviously you look at the massive elephant becomes an adult who could easily run forward and pull out the stump and chain, but doesn't. It's confounded by 
the same childhood beliefs, the same childhood trauma that keeps them small, even though despite their physical the aspirations, they're living with childhood beliefs that keep them stuck. I think just the fact of being aware that something happened in the past that you know, makes you react to certain things or you trigger you, like Ari said, that some cultural barriers. I was going to ask you, how. what's your approach in terms of, you said, you mentioned cultural background, because obviously when we do like our session, we don't have enough time sometimes to focus on the mental aspect of our clients. Yeah, we, we chat with them, we train them, but some people, they need a lot more work psychologically than training wise. What's your approach? How do you navigate through that with your clients? It's a fantastic question and it relates on what I just touched on before in that it takes a little bit more time and a lot of patience. But the most important thing there is setting the foundation with your client and building that relationship and trust and understanding that they're not going to reveal everything to you during your first sit down with them it's something that they're probably going to drip feed to you over weeks months hell even years and you're going to learn more and more about them and just how deeply rooted these preconceived opinions are about what they've been told about how to look and what to eat so relationship building is the thing that i've found to be the most effective in terms of learning more about your client and just slowly chipping away every session and not making it an interrogation, making it a heart-to-heart conversation and reminding your clients that PTs are humans too and we're not immune to these things as well and a lot of us have experienced similar stigmas growing up that we ourselves have outsourced to work on which is absolutely on there's lasagna on there's chicken wings why you not eat manja (laughs) right no but it's true i mean i grew up as the fat kid i grew up as the fat kid i have an italian background i know you think i'm like 15 percent italian (laughs) well it's 49 percent, right so can we just call this the mediterranean episode the mediterranean yeah yeah actually that works huh Obviously, my background, going to nonas pretty much every day, you had to eat your ham and cheese sandwich. And uh, if you didn't, it was an insult, right? And you had to eat your chicken wings and your lasagna. And it's, no, I'm going to get ready for a bodybuilding competition. Why you not eat? You look a skinny. <laughs> That's what I cop. So the whole thing where people talk about, like, how do you go to your family and say no? Wait, this is where our skepticism comes from. Because how Italian exactly are chicken wings? <laughs> enlighten me it's a healthy skepticism but we did have a lot of chicken wings at one because i don't know i like chicken wings and my family would just get like kilos and kilos of chicken wings and it'd mainly be me that would eat them all because i'm just jealous to be honest you should be because they were good chicken wings but sorry the, yeah your food was the point you. being is you're 100 right like a lot of these things socially the social stigma it's it's there for everyone but you did touch on something as well it's very important to talk about is that often what i've found in coaching people is some people are just so unaware of their beliefs and they start telling you stories and you're like, huh? That's not normal. And they're like, but that's what everyone does. I'm like, no, that's not what everyone does. It's what you do and that's what you think is normal. For me, it was normal to go to my nonna's house and eat until I couldn't move. But that's not normal. That's just how I grew up. It's there, reminds me of the story. I'm not sure if you've heard it. It's the pot roast story where, you know, the husband and wife's cooking in the kitchen and every time they have a, a pork roast, she cuts off the end. And puts it in the oven and the husband says why do you cut off the end that's not 
not what you do. She goes, no, that's just what you do. And he's like, our family never did that. And she goes, why do you do that? He goes, that's what my mum did. So she goes to, he goes to her mum and says, why do you cut off the end? She goes, oh, that's what my mum did. And the, the great grandma, she was still alive. He says, why do you cut off the end? He goes, oh, the reason why I cut off the end was because the pot roast was small. So it was to fit it in the pan. And then that culturally gets passed out and no one questions the beliefs because they think it's true. Yeah, I think a lot of, pretty much touched on it there, but a lot of people's beliefs that we may perceive to be not optimal regarding things like training and nutrition aren't out of ignorance. It's often people just simply don't know better and that's not their fault. As you just said, it's people being a product of their upbringing. It's not people choosing not to believe something or choosing not to make the right choice if they've been educated on a certain matter regarding say an optimal nutrition strategy and they choose not to adhere to that well then you could argue that it's ignorance or just poor decision making but that's where our job to educate people comes in paramount and helping people understand that it's a judgment-free zone because people beat themselves up you start to it's almost like the Dunning-Kruger effect that I touched on in a prior episode, shameless plug, where the more a client, it's a good one, the more a client learns, the more they realize how much they didn't know before and a, a lot of guilt can seep in. Yeah, well, you remind me of a story when I went to- You and your stories. Yeah, I've got a lot of stories, eh? I went to, I was at Coles of all places and I was doing some shopping. It was like years and years, like over 10 years ago. I saw a friend from high school and he got super overweight, super. And he was shopping with another friend from high school. I was like, oh, hey, how's things going? And they're like, oh, you're really into fitness, you're personal training. I'm like, yeah. And they had a basket full of Gatorade. And he's like, yeah, I'm trying to lose weight. And I was like, why you got so much Gatorade, dude? He's like, because isn't that what you drink? I'm like, no, it's full of sugar. And then the other friend hit the other guy and the other goes, see, I told you it was full of sugar. You shouldn't be having that. And I was like, wow, like, classic example of what you're talking about with people actually don't know like he actually he was like gatorade is marketed to me as a sports food i'm gonna have gatorade because i want to get in shape dude you're having like copious amounts of sugar this is the opposite of what you want to be doing but in his head he's like this is what i want to be doing yeah the intentions are there yeah he wanted to get in shape he just the roadmap and that's why if you look at that dilts model pyramid you every environment if you only change the environment it's like a biggest loser change Above that is behaviors. Above that is skills and skill sets and beliefs and values. And often when you change someone's skills and skill sets or give them the ability, give them the understanding of nutrition, they're able to implement better behaviors, which creates better actions, which creates a better result. And what, it's just by changing the skill sets. What are some tra- strategies that you implement in your coaching career to make people understand how to overcome those barriers? I think like false false beliefs. False beliefs. I'm going to go back to the linguistic principle of a problem well stated is a problem half solved. Often, as Ari said before, when you we develop a relationship with clients, often unconsciously, they start to tell you things. And this is where as a coach, you don't want to really ever check out as in, you, just want to be, you always want to be like really listening to people because they'll reveal things about themselves, their past, how they see the world, their actions which will be telling signs of their relationship with food or their relationship with their bodies or relationships with themselves. And is the problem A, 
like it's not enough it's not enough to say you can't stick to a diet or i can't someone says i can't stick to a diet that's not enough it's why can't you stick to the diet is it that you don't enjoy, enjoy the food is it that you don't like the term dieting like, what do you mean by dieting what does that look like to you and someone might say last time i dieted it was a soup diet and i hated it yeah well, i would hate a soup diet too helping them change their reference point and in, in many ways it's collecting data and understanding what people mean by things and stating that initial before you go into problem solving mode of i'm going to fix this problem let me show you really understanding what the problem is for someone and i think one of the kind of enthusiastic mistakes that some people i know i could definitely make is i'm going to solve a problem that was actually never a problem for you because i didn't actually take the time to find out what the actual problem is for you and I think that's where you want to start because when you can state that problem for the client, then you have a lot more power to solve it. You also got to be able to let them come to you a little bit in that case, I feel. Absolutely. Yeah. Quick message from our sponsors, us. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe on wherever you're listening to this podcast, be it Spotify or iTunes. And also go right ahead and check out melbournepersonaltrainers.com. Hit the resource tab and you can actually download the digital version of this completely free. This is our user manual. It's loaded with shopping lists, our questionnaires, our how to set goals, serving sizes, and a whole bunch of stuff. Really quick, easy reference guide that you can use. And of course, if you want to dive deeper into our world of nutrition, check out the Enterprise Diet Book. It's on Amazon, if you're an international right from Australia, and if you are within Australia, check out enterprisediet.com to order your copy today. All right, back to the podcast. Because I think in all coaching, you can't, it's not on you, you can only show them the door. It's like that scene in the matrix where the architect says to Neo, I can only show you the door, so you has to walk through. I think that's a real great metaphor for all personal change is someone can only show you the door, here's the door of change, but you're the one who has to step through and go take through actions the, absolutely and that's where you do want to and in chapter four of my book the enterprise diet i talk about taking back responsibility or putting responsibility back rather than this happens to me or i'm not in control of this it's you want to have absolute personal responsibility and control because then you have absolute personal responsibility to change things if i walk around let's say this cup that i'm holding is metaphoric for the problem that i have in life and i give you here please take this and that's the problem. Now you're holding my problem. Now I can give you 100% power as to why I don't solve that problem. So if that's like my problem of not losing weight, I can say, hey, why haven't I lost weight, Cristiano? And he goes, oh, you're not stick to a diet. <laughs> you don't eat the protein. <laughs> right. But yeah, exactly. You've got to put, you, you've, you've got to accept that this was never your problem to begin with. And if I try and give you the metaphoric problem, you're not accepting. You're like, no, dude, that's your problem. Mm -hmm. And you need to take 100% ownership of it. I can only coach you on the things of how to put the cup down and wouldn't it just be easy to put the cup down? And talking to people in metaphors and stories, I think is very powerful because if you look at it like that, you've got to take ownership for the problem. And when you take ownership, you can take ownership for putting the problem down and saying, actually, I can solve this. And redefining ill-defined problems, I've found to be one of the lowest hanging fruits in terms of repairing people's, especially a good example is repairing people's relationship with food. The most common example is people defining or categorizing foods as good and bad. And how many times as a PT will you have someone ask you, is X unhealthy for you? And the question, I'll often answer that question with a question, and that's what do you define as unhealthy? 
not only more often than not they actually struggle to answer that question but an example might be they might say something along the lines of oh if it makes you fat and then you obviously segue into understanding that ultimately anything can make you fat if you have too much of it so does that make everything unhealthy or does it make nothing unhealthy and understanding that especially a relationship with food isn't so binary and understanding that sustainability and variety and moderation in what they consume and do is the most important thing but i know you have an interesting stance on the word moderation i know you speak about how moderation for an alcoholic could be only pounding two six packs a day so how do you navigate when the term moderation gets thrown around by yeah, a client it's it's a really good question because because what i was thinking what i was thinking in the back of my head is it really is humans we really struggle with dealing with paradoxes and as you said is everything healthy or is nothing unhealthy and that's a paradox in of itself because you can eat like beef on its own is is healthy but if you just eat barbecue meat then it becomes pretty unhealthy likewise if you just eat nothing but broccoli every meal then you're going to obviously be lacking a lot of other nutrients in your diet and that and you'll go green (laughs) and you'll go green so it's 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 paradoxes and it's dealing with the paradox of not the all or none mentality and the blend so moderation i think on a personal level i have a problem with it because of the fact that i'm not a moderate person at all no i I think for me I, i like to live in i want to get a result so i'm don't want to be balanced i think balance is the antithesis of success in many ways because to be successful at something you need to go all in and i know i'm saying that kind of like a meta kind of metaphor for for things but when you take the example of alcoholics it's complete abstinence they cannot have any there is no gear of moderation and like in the book i talk about gluten if you're a celiac you can't have wheat in your diet it's going to cause an inflammation cascade it's going to inflame your your gut and it's not helpful to you getting in shape would you say people lose the right to moderation in a lot of respects if you have someone that's say an example of a client that's perhaps extremely overweight they've been over consuming for years on end they need and to learn, learn discipline and yeah, yeah they perhaps I've, I know I've had an instance instances in which they justify having a certain food as a reward for say a good weeks you've been rewarding yourself for the last 10 years and that's why where you are where you are so you need to learn you need to go the other way you need to go hardcore you need to live in the extreme of things and understand that's a muscle that you can flex and personally i don't want to be reliant upon anything so if i get too reliant upon something or too stuck in something look i like having a routine and the reason why i like having a routine is because then i have to make fewer decisions and when i make fewer decisions i'm more effective and have more decision and willpower to, to work on other things but in saying that like with food i like that routine but at the same time you want to be able to challenge you want to be able to challenge the things that you have to have and you have to do I think it's helpful. My chair just, for those who listen to the audio, my chair just buckled. Mark and just went flying. Yeah. Um, I have a question for Cristiano. Is there, what is an example of what we've just spoken about in terms of, has there been an instance with a client in which perhaps they want to reduce or moderate or just change something that they do and you've decided that the best approach is to get rid of that altogether, whether it's a certain training activity or general activity or 
nutrition strategy? Is there um, an example that comes to mind? Yeah. I think for me, there's a place for, uh, like you mentioned, Mark, hardcore and flexibility. So if somebody's a beginner or somebody's coming, let's say somebody's overweight, it's probably it's probably a good idea to start building momentum, start hard when they feel that they have that motivation. And then as they get the results, as they build momentum, they start to progress themselves with training, nutrition, routines and habits, then flexibility can come in. So that's my approach. For example, when I started to train bricks, he was not having a meal. He was skipping meals. He was having just a big meal late in the evening. He wouldn't sleep well. As he came in, build momentum, I taught him how to have smaller meal throughout the day. He implemented that. He started to see, feel a bit hungrier, feeling a little bit recovering better, training harder. And then he competed. After competition, there was a place for, okay, you've been disciplined with yourself. You've been making smart decisions. You've been training hard. You've been sticking to diet <laughs> outside of the gym. Let's introduce a bit of flexibility so you can make a bit more fun enjoyable and sustainable in the long term and you can also understand how macros work how to make some food that you like fit so into the diet it's a great example of success breeds more success yeah yeah and i think also in that he found his discipline muscle where you don't have to go i think for some people what happens is there's this concept of your word is law in the universe right and the problem is that most people don't stick to their word and therefore when they give themselves a command it means that's nothing. why they come to us because they need that accountability yeah and but then when you're able to because the way i define discipline is telling yourself something to do and then doing it yeah. so i think a lot of people they say i'm going to start the diet tomorrow and then they don't start the diet tomorrow or i'm going to be good and i'm going to stick to this plan and then they don't stick to the plan and that way when they give themselves a command they don't stick to it and this is why i'm a big advocate of just don't lie to yourself if you're not going to do something just admit that you're not going to do it instead of pretending you're going to stick to the diet or that it's really important and I think what you've just touched, touched on in this example is you had someone who was maybe doing the wrong actions or unaware they're doing the wrong actions. In, in, so they needed the plan. But then once you've given that plan, there is more flexibility because you know that you have the gear that you can shift into at any given stage that if you need to get those results or if you, need to want, if you want to push, you can go there. The other thing that I wanted to add to this as well is an interesting Ari's thoughts, but there's a psychological aspect of what we're talking about. But the body, once you start getting healthier, and like in this example, leaner and more muscle mass from a physiological point of view, the body is a hell of a lot more forgiving. Is in, if you want to have cake and you're lean and you train hard, the body's going to be far more forgiving and utilizing of that excess calories and glycogen than if you're overweight. Yeah, you want to move more? You want, sorry, you want to eat more? Move more. Yeah, it and always if, helps. If you, and if you're lean and you've got more muscle mass, you're going to be able to, you, your metabolic rate's going to be better as well, right? Absolutely. I think one of the best things you did to a great extent with bricks is not just tell him what to do, but in ev in everything that you just said, you're educating him through all of it. You're telling him the why. So do you feel like he had a much better understanding of why he was doing what he was doing, when he was doing it, and the training that he was doing and what he was eating? Did you feel like he had a better knowledge of it by the end and he's able to carry those habits with him going forward? He probably does, so he's still on a nutrition plan. Uh, he's never been that type of client that questions my changes or why we're doing things. Yes, I'm trying to explain to him, but he's very 
he's very receptive because he sees himself as a competitor now. Anything that I'll tell him to do, he knows that there's a purpose behind. So he, he doesn't question too much, but he does it. And when he comes in next week, he sees that, okay, he's getting leaner, he's getting bigger. So that's how Bricks built momentum and finally got the results that he was looking for. You're very much into the mindset side of things. You're a very philosophical kind of guy. What hacks do you have when it comes to changing psychology? What are things have you seen in clients or things that you like to impart? Well, one thing that you touched before, I was thinking happens all the time that we do session one, or let's say it's a Wednesday or Thursday, and you provide a nutrition plan to the client and they go away and they say, oh, I'll start on Monday. And then I go, okay, why do you want to start on Monday? Oh, it's just easier than have time. So you have to confront that client, that situation, and explain to them that they come here today, so they, they are ready to start today. And it's a much better decision for them to give it a go today, build momentum from now, rather than, oh, I'll do it Monday. So it goes, they go back to the all or nothing approach. My question I always ask when someone says, I'll start Monday, I said, when would now be a good time to start? Yeah. When yeah. would now be a good time to get the results that you've always wanted? But that's how you put it back on them, right? Yeah. So some of the, I think for me, it's big, let, let the client, match the client where they're at, meet them where they're at. Don't provide too many informations if, if they don't ask for it. Trying to explain at least a little bit why what, what we're doing these things and just go at their own pace. And, really. and just to verify, it's not always you want radical change from people. Sometimes it's just a matter of... Just implementation. Just, yeah, a few more things, things every week, yes. Yeah, start eating breakfast. Yeah. We'll have this for breakfast instead of that for breakfast. And then sometimes the answer Monday, it's like, well... You don't really need to wait till Monday. You could do it right now. You could actually start doing it now. It's just one change, one change that you... you... And you, you can actually tell this week we're going to change this one. If this works for you, happy days. You let me know, give me feedback and next week we'll go. The best metaphor I have for like habits, you love my stories and metaphors. Go on. So the best metaphor is imagine a mountain and where there's snow on top of that mountain and we spend a week going down the mountain with our skis. What happens over that week is we ingrain the path of going down that. So each and subsequent time we go down that path, it's easier to go down the path because we're now trailing a path with our skis to go down the mountain. Often what needs to happen with people is we need to come in with a fresh slate, relay the snow so they actually can go down a different way. Because what happens with the synapses in our brains is we get so connected and wired that we fire the same pattern without thinking. So you need that pattern interrupts that fresh slate of snow to say you do realize there's a whole other path if you just adjust your skis 25 degrees to your right or your left you can have a completely different outcome if you just change this one thing and it's not hard it's just changing the habit and breaking the pattern what can even be worse than that is in a sense not even paving that path to begin with and what i've when i've seen this is when you get someone who walks through the door and I used to think this was the best thing ever when you had a client come in and say this, but now I realize that it's actually a bit of a deeper issue and requires- Just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And while that may sound off the bat like a dream client, the client and the trainer has to remember that we're here to educate you and build sustainable habits for the future so that- if you eventually aren't at enterprise and in a position where you can no longer sustain 
these behaviors, we haven't done our job properly. And by being someone who walks in the door and just wants to be told what to do, all we're essentially do, doing is we're pulling you along whilst you're on the bike without ever taking the training wheels off. So then when we're gone, you're still there. And once those training wheels come off, you're going to fall flat on your face. In, in other words, potentially regress, go back to where you're at. Well, that's the exact thing I was saying to Cristiano before about here's my problem as the metaphor of the cup. Here, take my problem. Here, have it. You uh, want it? You want to hold it? Yeah, there. Now, there hey, go. just tell me what to do, man. Why not getting results? Just tell me what to do. Alrighty, guys. I got to hold the cup, guys. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. Final thoughts on this topic, Cristiano. Final thoughts. I actually was going to ask Gary, what, what's one of your example that one of your clients that you, you took them through a journey of changing day? The biggest, one of the biggest psychological changes I've seen in one of my clients was someone who was brought up in a Malaysian background and they come from a society where they idealize Western women, white women, and they all have the goal of getting as mm. stick thin as possible and starving themselves of food. And this is someone that once they came here, yes, we spent a lot of time repairing their relationship with food, understanding that carbs aren't bad for you fats aren't bad for you you'll actually feel better if you have more food and once they started seeing great results here and building lean muscle mass and getting stronger when they were put back in that environment with those people that still have those in my opinion primitive cultural beliefs or just plain wrong she could see one how far she had come but to just the difference and the yeah just the difference between where she is now and where she was powerful is that your final thought yeah yeah your final thoughts my final thoughts learn and for trainers teach don't just do Teach, teach someone how to fish rather than giving them a fish really needs to be at the core of all change work. Yeah. Awesome. Where can people learn more about you, Cristiano? You're not on uh, social media? Not right here, face-to-face. Face-to-face, Enterprise Fitness. And Ari? You can find me at coach.ario and inside the four walls at Enterprise Fitness. <laughs> uh, my name is Mark Atobri, owner and founder of Enterprise Fitness. You can find me on Instagram at, at Enterprise Fitness. You can find it at Enterprise Fitness AU and also on TikTok, Mark Atobri, uh, both on Instagram, Mark Atobri, and also... Check out our website, melbournepersonaltrainers.com if you want a free copy of our user manual. It's loaded with our shopping list and a whole bunch of really helpful tips to get you on the path and show you what we do. If you want more insights into the way we do nutrition, and as Ari said, just tell me what to do. That's chapter four. Check out the book, The Enterprise Diet. You can get it from enterprisediet.com. And yeah, and if you've enjoyed this podcast, as always, Send it to a friend. If you've enjoyed what we've been speaking about today, pass it forward. We'd really appreciate helping us get the word out and helping as many people as possible with their psychology of change around diet, nutrition, and getting them on the path to a better life ultimately. So till next time, friends, train hard, eat well, and supplement smart. Are you frustrated with your diet, not knowing what to eat, when to eat? 
macro split, whether you should do a meal plan. I have a solution for you. It's called the enterprise diet. We have literally transformed tens of thousands of people's lives. These are the exact principles, systems, methods that we use in creating the head-turning results that we do time after time for over a decade here at Enterprise Fitness. You can check it out at enterprisediet.com. This took me three years to put together and I'm very proud to share it with you all. It literally is like taking everything that I know in my in here and just putting it on paper for you to download today. So check it out, enterprisediet.com and grab your copy today.